Hello and welcome to Take Me Through Your Day. On this episode, we have a tailor, or a fitter, as she says in the episode. But she does a lot of things, but I'll let her tell her story. This episode takes place in a restaurant, so there's kind of a lot of noise in the background. We're going to do our best to try to cut that out, but, you know, there's still a lot of really, you know, fun information in here. Well, as usual, if you'd like to be on the show, we can be reached at TakeMeTYD on all social media and at TakeMeTYD at gmail.com if you or someone you know would like to be on the show. So, enjoy. So my title is a fitter. So it's kind of the hybrid thought process of everything. Not only am I supposed to entertain and meet the customers up front, I then have to educate them on what is getting done, um, which leads to then finding what their expectations are so I can communicate that to the actual seamstress. And then four days later, remembering that individual person down to who their mother is and how they felt in the garment to the seamstress so that they can actually sew the garment. Then I have to press the garment and get the garment out to them. So there's a huge customer service component yes, also in the way you What's the, the hierarchy here? Because I was thinking with the, when you said seamstress, where are the titles there? Like tailor, seamstress, yeah. fitter, there's nothing, it's just... It's kind of like a melding pot. Just okay. everything's all mixed in together. Um, all that really matters is, is that there's all of us there working together. Then there's uh, assistant store manager, uh, district manager, and then the head boss. Those three are the only three that gets any kind of distinction and everyone else is just thrown into the mix and told to work. But technically speaking, yes. do you know how to do all the different things or yes. you just, okay, so yes. you're you're set with when the skill set goes. Exactly. Okay, well, let me so back funny. up okay. a little bit and then we'll get into the day. Okay. Um, what was your like background like in high school? Can you bring us from like what you wanted to do in high school to around now, just like the broad strokes? In the broad strokes, it all started out with because I was a heavy set kid and I didn't like the heavy set clothes. Mm. So I wanted to make my own cool clothes and yeah. that turned into doing things for friends, which turned into doing things for friends in theater, which turned into doing theater. And then in theater, I'm like, oh, I want to hit Broadway. I want to do those amazing things. I want my names on lights. And then I realized that's a lot of school. That's the first call from Thank you. Um, I just realized that that was going to be a lot of school and yeah. uh, my mom kind of was like, hey, you have to either go to school or get a job. So I decided to go to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Okay. Naming the location, but still AIP. Um, I went to AIP, did a, a full three semesters or trimesters and then realized that uh, they were screwing me over on the loan system, which was all set up through the school, which is why they inevitably imploded. Yeah, I heard a lot of horror stories from that. But oh, I'm going to back up just a little bit more, more. too. So okay. uh, you got this idea to, to make your own clothes and make mm -hmm. your own clothes for friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What gets you started down that path? Like, what what's your first thought? Like, I need to go to the store and get such and such? Or what's the first thought? Um, it, it, it can either be that I start from scratch, in which case I usually used a pattern. I kind of got into drafting a little bit, which is where you're just draping, free draping on a form. Um, which is a lot of fun. That's where you get to be creative, but nobody wants that because it never sits the same twice. Um, so a lot of patterns, a lot of doing that, and then um, altering clothes that have already existed, making sure that things fit people the way that they wanted to. And that's kind of where I got my start into this. But it was kind of a passion at that point? Yeah, no. Okay. I've pretty much been sewing since it's like five or six. Was oh, okay. Yeah, you started early. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it was always something I did, and my mom mainly wanted me to learn it because she wanted me to do all the darning and fixing and all of that stuff to keep mm-hmm. me preoccupied. Not a bad idea. Right? I mean, <laughs> chores. Who doesn't love those? Um, and then in uh, middle school, I spent a whole summer with my grandparents, and my grandma uh, was a seamstress, so she was the one who got me into actually sewing oh, things. okay. Uh, and then it kind of went from there. It was just pretty much my legacy. I'm one, I'm generation, fourth generation seamstress. Okay. Um, predating back to my great grandmother doing um, army uh, uniforms for World War II when she was in uh, Belgium. That's fascinating. Right? Yeah, right. Wildly. But it's just genetic. I can see dimensions and geometry <laughs> and all this stuff. And that's all it is. Is geometry. It's all shapes and patterns and structures, and then you have to prove that to your customer and prove that to yourself. So yeah, that's all where it started from. The genetic leg up that always that always helps in any career path. Right. Yeah, right when so, in doubt, Barbies. Absolutely, Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all right, back to college. Okay. You're in your third. Um, you're getting screwed financially. Let's start right oh, yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, let's start back up there. Um, so then after that, I wanted to take, I wanted to find myself in that American novel kind of way. So I burned all friendships here, moved to Florida, worked at a Subway Eat Fresh, uh, biked everywhere, kind of embraced my inner hippie lifestyle, um, started doing a lot of questionable things. Um, so I plead the fifth. I plead Florida. Uh, exactly. It's the ultimate trump card. Uh, after three months of that, uh, my best friend got pregnant, and I moved back to Pittsburgh. And yet again, name drop. I moved home, um, and that's when I started working at Barnes and Noble. Okay. Completely off track again, um, but that was probably the most important part because that's when I got my fifty percent discount on books. There you go. Yep, that is where that addiction started, and they had really great books about designing and drafting and all that um, which is when I got back into drafting and making my own um, and then after Barnes and Noble I found and name drop I found a tailored shop a really nice awesome found a really nice tailor shop um, where they did alterations right. which there's several different sects to sewing mm-hmm. I can't actually call it a tailor shop because a tailor shop is where you're making menswear from scratch it's not really dressmaking because yet again that's making from scratch yeah. an alteration shop is where you have pre-existing clothes and then you're just making it work based off of what limitations you have it's just like an amalgamation of a little bit of everything yeah kind of. yeah to a certain degree like we couldn't really go into much tailoring because yet again, you have to deconstruct and reconstruct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really can't really do dressmaking because yet again, things are put together, things are already cut. You're kind of screwed at that point. Yeah. You, you're given what God gave you and hope to God <laughs> it all works out. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell what working at my tailor shop is like. Okay, so um, you're working at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. You have access to all these books. Yeah. What is, is there like a specific thing that kind of relit that fire for you? Um, yeah, the art section. <laughs> but at the same time, when I was working there, it was literally like being in Mecca. Because if you didn't have it, you could always order it into the store, read it, and never buy it. Yeah. Um, you could, uh, they let you borrow the Kindles. 
I don't oh, think they had cool. Kindles. They had Nook. They Nook. had Nook. Okay. So they would let you borrow Nook, and then I would have any ebook that I wanted, and I would never have to buy that either. Jackpot. <laughs> right. I mean, when in mm-hmm. doubt. Um, but they had really great um, coloring books, and that's what made me start looking in there. So I have a stupid collection of coloring books for adults. Because why not? Because why not? Why not? Um, and there was one specific one that was to make your own paper doll. And from there, it pretty much relit the fire to go back and try to find something in that field. I, I'm sorry. I, I just missed the last two things you said. Because I, wa- I watched fine. a waitress sneeze right into the salad bar. Yay, I'm totally <laughs> done with the salad bar. Totally distracted. Anyway, the yeah. last... last that's the thing you said before I got totally off put there. Uh, paper dolls, right in the Barnes soup. and Noble. Yay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good thing they're riddled with carbohydrates, and I'm still doing the keto like oh. So, behind. <laughs> Good stuff. But yes, Barnes and Noble, paper dolls. That's what made me want to spend more time going through the art section because of that. And that's where I started finding all those books. Okay, so that yes. rekindled all that, and you decided, I'm going to seek out a job doing something a little more along those lines? Yeah, I just didn't want to work at, at well, A, I couldn't afford to have my own apartment and work at Barnes & Noble anymore, because, of course, when you find a book that you really love, you're not willing to give it back, and they won't let you steal books, unfortunately, for good, so yeah. maybe one or two that they don't quite know about, but <laughs> past those... Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to find something. And actually, my best friend's mom, uh, she's the one that found the ad in Craigslist, keeping right. it really sketchy. Yeah, Craigslist. Craigslist.com has only had the best reviews. Um, she found that, went in, uh, gave him my application. Next day, got called in for an interview. The day after I had my interview, that afternoon I had the job. Wow. Yeah, it was really fast moving. Now, I normally ask this later, but it kind of fits right into that. Is there a lot of turnover there? Because you've got a lot of people working there. Yes. Well, the problem is is that most people don't have a sewing background that are on my end of the job. Okay. Uh, most of the time, they're just fresh off the street. They have good customer service. We can teach anyone all the rest. It's all about having a logical sense of mind and building from there. But we do have right a good... Me. Thank you. We do have a, a good turnover. Like a no. stupid high turnover. Thank you. Now, you, you get someone straight off the street, just with a good reputation, but doesn't know anything about sewing. Yeah. How long would you say it takes someone to just get to the get the basic skills down like perfectly to work on their own? To give an example, I have somebody right now, love her to bits. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, Monday is her last day. She's done. She's going to pursue another career, which is also in the same field, theoretically. Um, <laughs> but she, it took her all of a month, and she was able to do everything from the smallest detail pant hem all the way up to fitting a slim trim suit that was two sizes too big. Mm. She was just able to get in and clicks. On the opposite sphere of the spectrum, I have somebody, God bless her heart, who is in her mid to late 60s. She's been with the company now a year and a half, and we're still going over how to pin very basic routine things, but she's just skittish, and that's, which is all, yet again, my customer service knows no bounds, so it's everything from my coworkers to customers to bosses you kind of have to have kitty gloves and always say the answer that wants to be heard 
with also having attainable knowledge in there for them to wrap their heads around. So being a con man, a businesswoman, and just an asshole really helps you out. All right. I mean, in the case of, of that that lady that it's taken a year to really get the basics, is she just going to stick around, kind of not quite getting there? or I think she's going to hang around and not quite get there. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, everyone right. has, I really truly think, to make a really strong team, no matter what you're doing, and especially something like this, you need certain puzzle pieces to making it all work. And one of the things that she just does better than anyone else is she cleans up shop. So come oh, okay. six o'clock to seven, right before we close, she has everything organized. She has everything tagged, bagged, good to go, pressed to perfection. So if she wants to struggle and do a dress hem, by all means, I will make her feel good about struggling <laughs> and doing that dress hem. But just know, hey, six o'clock, come around. I need my paperwork started. <laughs> everything in Sharpie and good to go. All right, good. And yes. that actually sounds like a really good place to start the show. Okay. So, um, your average day, mm -hmm. um, what time do you wake up? Average day, I'm usually up between 8 and 9. So it's not too early, not too late, but a good start to a day. Okay, now, do you use an alarm clock or you just wake up? Or you... I use my cell phone and I have multiple alarms on multiple, multiple different alarms. platforms. Okay. That's why I like to ask that. I, I'm, I'm always not fascinated. a morning person. Actually, I have the best alarm. It's called Alarmy. I don't know if I'm allowed to put that on. Do you plug. Go ahead, plug away. But it actually makes you do math problems to wake up because I'm the person that will snooze the death out of my phone and then two hours later I'm late for work. Yeah. Then, see, that would that would work for me because I'd be like, I'm not doing math. Guess I'm getting up. Right? <laughs> so. Vertical in two seconds. Okay. So that's around uh, eight, nine? Yeah. Okay. Um, you spend a lot of time getting ready in the morning or are you just like up and out? Um, so my typical morning starts with I wake up. Mm-hmm. I smoke a cigarette, mm -hmm. I drink my coffee, I smoke another cigarette, I take a shower, okay. get dressed and go. I'm not I'm not one of those girls that's gonna shellac makeup on. I'm not I'm not gonna put on the heels. I'm not that's not me. But I'll wear a dapper outfit and look hundred and ten percent. It's easier to sell bullshit when you look like bullshit. Alright, so we get um, out the door, what do you say? Like half hour, forty minutes? I would, I would put it about an hour. About an hour? Yeah, yeah, give or take. Like this morning, though, I woke up a little late, got out the door in twenty minutes, mm -hmm. um, got to work, uh, and all in an hour's time. But most of the time, to meander and enjoy my morning, I'll take about an hour. Okay, good. Um, so, what time do you say you show up at work? My average day is probably about 10, 10 a.m., maybe uh, 11, the latest. So what's your commute from where you live to the... So, uh, and drive time, which I Uber everywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, drive time is about 15 minutes, um, and there's always someone in the neighborhood. This is like Mecca for everyone that Ubers, mm -hmm. um, which is always interesting. Single-serving friends are always interesting, so I can understand... Um, but yeah, from here to there, it's about three miles, so it's nothing too bad. And if I wasn't a lazy oaf, then I would walk it, but <laughs> not that. Well, are you doing like an Uber pull, or are you just like, just Uber and just want a nut? Oh no, I Uber in all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I literally Ubered it here. I Ubered it into work this morning. I Ubered it yesterday. Maybe once in a blue moon, I'll catch a ride with my friend. 
Um, or I'll get a ride home with a coworker, but past that, I Uber everywhere. Hey, it's good that it's here now. Exactly. And honestly, as I see it, because yet again, my whole life, well, my whole world is very logically driven. If there is a reason that I can spend less by doing something different, I would. Now, I do not have a driver's license. Mm. That was a fun fact. But um, Is that by choice or... Yeah, kind of, sort of, in between. There's a, a dicey time right around, like, you know, 17, 18, where, you know, people lost opportunities, and that kind of snowballed into 27 and still don't have no I, I get that a lot around here. It's, right? it's surprisingly common. It is. It really is. Just mm-hmm. as long as I have an ID to drink alcohol, I'm perfectly You've got an ID, and, I mean, as long as you're in the city, you really don't need it. You really anywhere. don't need it. There's no reason for that. No. Um, but I always Uber it in, and it's sad. I have my routine. My routine is very specific. I get, I leave my house usually about nine fifteen, get to um, a so I can go to Coffee Chew Roasters and get my cold brew iced coffee and a thirty-two ounce sugar-free hazelnut latte mm-hmm. or um, a sugar-free hazelnut Italian soda. And then I take my slow walk into work. So I just double fisting. Exactly. Duh. <laughs> this is crucial. Um, and then I'll sit out back of the store and bullshit with the people over at the paint store right next door mm-hmm. um, who are all crass assholes, but they're just great first thing in the morning, nice. like right for the picking. And then about 15 minutes before I'm supposed to be there, I'll knock on the back door. Somebody will let me in. And it's just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit from there. Perfect. Um, the commute, is it all, you just chatting it up? Or are you like listening to headphones? or what? Well, it depends on the day and depends on how hungover I am. Okay. Um, nine times out of ten, I'm talking to them for the sole okay. fact that I'll probably never run into them again. Yeah. This is my one opportunity to meet someone new. And I can't tell you how many times they actually come into the tailor shop. Taylor the Taylor shop. Um, and they'll bring in their stuff to get dry cleaned or altered, and that woody banter goes on. I mean, I literally met somebody who has the same name as me, a gentleman who's not Irish, and I definitely thought for sure he had a little bit of a gingery hue to him, and I thought for sure he was Irish, so I started just spouting the only Irish bullshit I know. Uh, lo and behold, he's 100% German, and his parents okay. just really like St. Patrick's Day, so... Interesting. That's how that happened. Fun facts. You know, um, the best ride I ever had. Oh, that's a hard one. But the best ride I've ever had would have to be this girl who was telling me all about how she was going to go meet the love of her life in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, And she had known him for years, but they met online through online dating. Uh And... uh, I told her if he was true and she wasn't going to get catfish, she had to text me. Lo and behold, she texted me about two weeks later saying he was real. Wow. And it was meant to be. That's magical. It literally is that silver lining moment. But that had to have been the best. Yeah, that's an excellent story. Right? I mean, Ubering, you definitely need some gems. I've had a few multiple timers, Mm -hmm. which are always great. One's a radio DJ slash photographer slash does everything once slash like he literally is an entrepreneur and he never remembers me, but I always remember him. And then like by the end, he's like, oh yeah, I drove you before after I drop enough hints. Like (laughs) I know all of this about your life. Um, Yet again, customer service. Yeah, you were definitely good at that. I'll give you that credit. You're probably the best at customer service you know, I've ever I've ever witnessed. 
It's easy. It comes easy. I like people. Well, no. I secretly hate people, but I'm good at looking like I care. I blame my name, which yet again, anonymity, you know, anonymity or whatever it is. Yeah. That that right there kind of gave it all away. But uh, yeah, I was kind of bred for this. And it's a lot good. of fun. Yeah. See, I, I do not have an approachable face. I'm the exact <laughs> opposite. I don't talk to anybody. You're good with that all Yeah, that. I'm good with that. It's weird that I like want to talk to people for this right? all the time, but it's just like, no, nah, I'm not talking to anybody. And no, day, get out of here, it's buzz not up. necessary. Um, all right, so you get into work. What is kind of the routine as you get started? Do you like punch in or is it? So I usually, right when I get there, I say hello to everyone individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have our individual ways of how we say hello. I have a handshake for everyone. Um, specifically, one of my coworkers is from the Congo and she speaks French. Well, I don't know French. I don't care to know French. I really don't want to know French. So I come up with my own bullshit language and we just have our own conversation. That's just quite, going, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have another coworker that gets really pissed off when she's ignored. So I will ignore her and go on to the next person and then she'll get upset. She'll stop me. Brilliant. We hug it out. I go on to my next person. I have a, a mama bear, uh, Lena Love of My Life. I have uh, Madeline Lumba the, mm-hmm. from the Congo. I have uh, Tia T. Um, and then there's Lilypad. And we just all, it's uh, just a big family. So, of course, you have to go in, in the gate, addressing all of them individually. Uh-huh. You can't just say good morning, ladies, or else people are going to riot. Um, and then after that, I'll put my stuff down, make sure that my coffees are full or else I have to refill that. I mean, we can't let that get empty. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just kind of assess everything. The problem is, is it's sheer chaos. I honestly equate my job very much to being a magician because a lot of it is bullshit and illusion and just, you look over here, but this is really happening over there. Um, and so the first thing in the morning is, is that the wonderful Wizard of Oz has to go in and tidy up the mistakes from the night before, okay. <laughs> before anyone calls me out on my bullshit. Um, and then once everything's organized, things are settled, people are talked to, everything's handled, and we finally get into the mellow of the day and the calm, that's when literally the analytics come out. Like, Well, hang on. Let's stop for one second. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're assessing these problems from the night before. Mm-hmm. Now, are, these something, are these things that are already categorized for you to look at? Or you have to go look in and make sure everything's all right? Yes and no. So the things that I know of, the things, the mistakes I have made, um, all the issues, the calls that I have to address are all cataloged. Whereas all the mistakes of those that I work with are not. So I have to first find those mistakes or have them bring those mistakes to my attention in the morning. Like, hey, I did this. Can you call them? Or, uh, hey, somebody cut this and it should have been that. Um, It's all about being that middleman and coming up with the best, most cleanest bullshit ever of it all. Okay. So, yes, that's what happens first thing in the morning. Cause it's easier to call people in the morning. I don't know if you've ever had this or a job like this, but if you call people in the morning, the likelihood they're actually going to pick up their phone is little to none. So you're leaving them a voicemail. Now the person that has a voicemail box that you can leave a voicemail for is either going to attend to their voicemail or they don't. And they're just yes. waiting it out. But the fact that they don't have our phone number, they're not going to listen to that voicemail until five o'clock at night. At that point, we only have two more hours that were open and they'll call back, but those are our busiest two hours of the day. So they're leaving a voicemail for me. So really, I'm just postponing it 24 the, hours. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nice little See, trick. Analytics. Like mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's pretty much all my job is, is just well, okay, let's let's get back to the the structure of the day. You get in there, you assess all these issues from the night before, <laughs> and you make all your calls and whatnot. Um, do you have a like a station that is your own, or is like everything kind of pretty much? The, uh, what does Simba say? Or no, what does Mufasa say to Simba? The land is yours. So majestic, okay, so it's like just that. a big. My mess is everywhere. Is everywhere. Um, but I'm a huge note taker. Mm-hmm. Like I, I scribble and draw on everything. It's pretty much littered throughout the whole entire store. Um, so people know what is attended to by by me, and then um, what is just a piece of paper that should be looked at by me. Um, it's pretty much playing puppet master, which is yet again what I'm good at. Just so, apparently. like the, the areas around it, like the or the all the different stations for different types of work. Yes. Okay. okay. Oh, now that's, I get the question. That's kind of what I'm saying. Okay. So how the store is blocked off and what's seen by the customer versus what's behind that, we have a strip that's broken up into two sections. Um, when you first walk in, you have the counter, which is where the first division of what's going on is happening. You can either be picking up, um, dropping off, in which case if you're dropping off, it could be dry cleaning or like a visible mend, or you will have a fitting, which is where you then get sectioned off again. It's like one of those build your own adventure books. Mm -hmm. But what's crazier is what's happening on the other side of the build your own adventure book. So you have the fitting rooms, which there's four separate fitting rooms. You have the counter behind the partition um, where the Wizard of Oz is. uh, You have immediately when you walk in off to the right, you have a tailoring counter, which is just a counter with all the different notes and everything that we need to start off with. Um, Let's say we brought back a pair of pants that need to be hemmed. You would first write the ticket there um, with all the specifics on it, all the specs. Um, the price goes on it, uh, the invoice that was printed up at the computer has to be translated on that handwritten card, okay. and then that invoice has to go up on a pegboard for the, its individual day. Um, once the card is filled out to completion, that is safety pinned to the garment. The garment goes off to the side on the first of its many Z-Racks, where it's organized yet again by day. After all a good chunk of stuff has been written in, it could be moved over and it's been checked. Then it goes over against the wall, yet again categorized by day. Um, then finally that pair of pants will be taken over by the seamstresses, which is on the opposite side of the building, um, to be hanging on a rack. And then mm-hmm. they leaf through that to figure out what alterations they want to do. Then that magical pair of pants gets picked by one of them. They then take it to the table, cut or measure, cut it, all that fun stuff. Then they take it over to their machine, whatever kind of specialty machine it is, whether it's a blind hem, a regular sewing machine, a walking foot machine, um, a double stitch machine, a zigzag machine. There's machines for machines with a machine on the side. Um, and then that magical pair of pants would make it over to the press line. Yet again, another Z-Rack. Um, that would then be inspected to completion on how the stitching looks, um, whether or not there's any residual chalk marks or oil marks from the chalk, which happens quite frequently. Really? What do you do in a situation like that? First, you panic. Okay. And then after you're done panicking, then you kind of try to figure out what the customer would be flexible with. 
Um, most of the time, we are working so far ahead that we can send it through dry cleaning, and they will never know, uh, which will lift out that grease mark. Okay. Yet again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, and then if it's something like a same day where they pick it up a half an hour later, we'll try pressing it because it's always heat activated. Uh -huh. So the more heat you put on it, the more it disappears until it reappears. Um, in which case, if let's say it doesn't come out, we have to bring it to the customer's attention. And that's when it gets dodgy. Um, yeah. We can either shorten it more, um, we can try sending it through dry cleaning, but they'll have to wait two days. Um, or we have to buy them a brand new pair of pants, which is always the worst case wow. scenario. So how do you determine that? Like, well, how do you determine the value? Of, if you have to just completely buy someone a new pair of pants, how do you determine that value? So, you really can't put a price to emotional attachment. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in a place where I'm extremely angry that my garment has been destroyed. I have to be somewhere, and I need this dress on tonight. This is this is the worst part of it all, is, is that if you do not have a receipt, mm -hmm. we will give you the value that we deem it's worth. <laughs> How do you uh, uh, how do we come calculate to that? that? So it, it's a lot of research. It's going online, taking the item number, which every single garment throughout the history of time has had a garment number. Really? Uh, yeah. And you can find them on your dry cleaning tag. But you just plug that into the internet. It will link you to the closest. Now, what we do that's sketchy is, is that if there was ever a markdown value for that, that's going to be the value that we take off of it. Uh-huh. And then on top of it, if you do not have your copy of the receipt, we will only give you half of that amount. Ooh, dirty. Dirty. <laughs> just a low blow. No, I get it. And, I get it. Oh, people are not happy about that one. And yes, that has happened several times over. We have gone to lengths of we lost a wedding veil and we did not have that specialty number. So what do you do then? Well, we found a picture of her on Facebook wearing the veil, recreated the veil, and gave it to her, and she still doesn't know. Wow. She still does not know. She thinks that that was her veil and her picture, and the colors doesn't even match. So. Well, hey, it's better to live in that kind of ignorance than just be happy with it. And right. In my opinion, just whatever. Don't sue just me. Just leave it alone. <laughs> So now, just to stay on this scenario, because this kind of stuff fascinates me, <laughs> is there someone specifically or a group of people that work at your place that you would, like, sick on the angry customer? Oh, yeah, there's always a good cop and a bad cop. There okay. always has to be. Um, thankfully, the current assistant store manager is a bully, like mm -hmm. the biggest bully known to man. Okay. Um, and I love her for it, but uh, that's usually who I get if somebody starts going south. Is that who I know? Is that oh. the same person? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. she's a pain in the ass. She's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but no, in a good way. In, in like a, you need someone like that around kind of way. Absolutely. Now, does she know how to handle situations differently no no she's gonna be a pit bull to just about anyone it doesn't matter yeah. if it's a grandmother or a little shit kid uh she's gonna be the same kind of bully and mm -hmm. that's where i step in and i get to be good cop and i'm very good at being good cop i can see that i can see the two of you just yeah it's it's yin and yang and if we didn't have that now unfortunately for her that gets her ramifications on yelp because social media loves to talk mm -hmm. shit about the hated one yes. and then they won't even mention the one that saves the day exactly so i mean it's it's a blessing in disguise but online social media presence could be much better unfortunately yeah. as I, an artisan i just had a friend of mine that got fired for something like that and not not 
a friend of mine, a friend of mine who worked with someone at the yeah. same place. It's just like the kind of fallout that you get from people that have never even been to said establishment, but they're just like, oh, I want to get, I get, want to get caught I up in the uproar, and I want to call, and I want to bitch, and it doesn't matter that I've never been there. Right. I, I, I need to be heard because I'm part of the internet. And I'm the outrage machine. Yep. No, because they don't have anyone else to listen to or for them to li- to talk to. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 95% of the angry people. And then the other 5% are just those that literally the situation just fell out of control. And they have a right to be angry and upset, but don't take it out on Yelp. Oh, um, yeah. We'd be more than happy to take care of you, but don't, don't go. We could go down the Yelp rabbit hole for an hour. We don't need to talk about any more of that. No. So let's get back to your day. Okay. So you're assessing all of these issues. You you start to get situated. You start to handle the, Mm -hmm. you know, what what is your day consisting of from there on? After handling all the morning's issues and getting everything in its organized place with notations galore, usually at that point is when I would start taking some fittings, um, start answering questions for the seamstresses, um, where fittings can range everywhere, like I said, from a pant hem up to a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations today about things that can be done, but you're going to be spending $100 to do. Yeah. And I've had conversations about doing something or not doing something at all because it doesn't fit right. Yeah. The nice thing about where I work is they appreciate honesty and they want us to maintain that honesty with our customer. That's good. At no point should we con somebody out of money just to make that dollar because it's only going to bite us in the butt in the end. Yeah. Um, so everyone's on the same page. If it's not economically sound, we're not going to do it. And that doesn't, once it gets into the system, and let's say your zipper broke. Um, it's a zipper pull, which is the little piece that you pull up and down. Yeah. Um, if that breaks off, and we think that we can replace it because we have that attachment, but lo and behold, you have a missing tooth on your actual zipper or the uh-huh. zipper tape, that little piece of ribbon off to the side, it's just butchered as shit. Then we'll call you. We'll tell you how much it is to actually repair it, re- replace the whole entire zipper entirely, but 50 bucks for, I mean, a hoodie like what you're wearing right now mm-hmm. isn't economical. No. We're not going to tell you that you have to do this or else we're not going to give you your stuff. We're going to tell you, hey, go to TJ Maxx. See if you can find anything better for half the cost. Exactly. If so, we'll cancel. If not, call us. We'll put it through. I like that. It's very honest, very to the point. Absolutely. It's very good. Okay, so I guess that's the broad strokes of the beginning of the day where what are you looking forward to next like do you have like a lunch break thing to look forward to do you have like a cigarette break that you look to there we go yeah there we go um so usually halfway through my day the break system is kind of wonky and screwy that's what i'm trying i'm trying to get like the beats of the day and what Uh you get to look forward to and what the oh i always look forward to my break my break is just a magical time well if you work eight hours you get uh, 21 minutes that you can take a break for. You have to punch out. One, um, one, 20? one 21 minute break for every eight hours. Once Seems you like not a whole lot. No. And then at 10 hours, you get half an hour. And That's if, not a big improvement. No, no. You get nine more minutes where you're not getting paid. Um, and then at 11 hours, you get um, a free half, or you have to take the half an hour, and then you get a free 15 minute break. I mean, that's something. 
I guess. Finally, you get. All right, I'm, I'm trying to live life in the in the mindset. the mindset of a smoker. I haven't smoked in a long time. Ooh. What what are you, how are you getting? What's the pacing of your day? It's usually smack dab halfway through the day. Okay, so you're four hours in, bam, time to get it in. Exactly, and I'm just chain smoking, and I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm not around anyone. I literally put my headphones in. I will be sitting out back. If anyone interrupts me, disturbs me, they're going to get bit off. It's, it's just, just getting choked around. out. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So um, right smack dab in the middle of the day, I'll take it. Now, the thing is, is that it used to be a little bit more lenient. Mm -hmm. But one thing I do want to bring to light is the fact that in this industry, it is very common to be women dominant. Like everyone I work with, I have one male coworker who is super flamboyantly gay um, and is not allowed to take fittings, which I still don't know if that's legal. I don't uh, know if that's don't legal. Know. But about that. people get rubbed the wrong way when a guy goes in and fit them. So I mean, I, I can see that, but it's still kind of like it's a little sexist. In 2018, I don't know if that's technically legal. You should be able to like sign a waiver or something. Exactly. Like, are you all right? Are you normal? Are you cool? Just yeah, I mean, whatever. I can't tell you how often I'm trapped in another room with an older lady that just takes off all her clothes and changes real quick just because she doesn't want to wait the extra five minutes for me to return. So I don't. And that should go both ways. Just a little piece of paper says, "I'm creeped out." Here you go. <laughs> I'm creeped out. Here you go. Done. I think that's fair. You write it on Yelp. Um, yeah. But it is a very female dominant business. Well. It's a blessing in disguise and, and a curse on most days. Um, the whole store is relatively clean. Um, we have really great baked foods. Everyone eats like kings there. Nice. But everyone is extra catty. So what used to be, hey, guys, I just need to run outside, hit a square, I'll be right back in, is now taking an extra break when no one else is allowed to take extra bags. I see. So, I mean, it's literally two seconds out, two seconds in. I don't know how that's any different than using the bathroom, especially if I'm on the premise. But, yet again, working in a female-dominant industry, people, yeah. and especially when half of them are twice, if not three times my age. Mm -hmm. So, seeing a little shit like me taking all these extra breaks and laughing and giggling and enjoying myself, they're going to make sure management and the the rule deciders yeah. ultimately know about these things. So now I'm stuck to, I get my one break halfway through the day, no matter how many people are screaming in my face, no matter how many things get cut, no matter how many phone calls I have to call. Because You're just like, this is my chunk of time and that's that. That's that, that's that. Make sure you toss the headphones in, what are you listening to? Uh, these days, I've been listening to Action Bronson way too much. Oh, I love, Action love that man. No matter what he does, it's gold. Oh, he's the best. Uh, and then I've been listening to a lot of jazz, old school jazz. I love Fitzgerald. You got to get into the thick of things. Really, just feel the feels. It's fall time. Yeah. Um, a lot of Queen. Now, I want it to be stated as fact. Go for it. Queen has been my ish since I was a kid. Yeah. I think that's um, a lot of people's case. Right? Like, Queen's always been great. Well, unfortunately, because my, I have two jobs, I just want to state that for the fact. My other job is working at a coffee shop mm -hmm. on Sunday fun days. I work with a lot of 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Really? That have never heard of Queen. What? Never, ever heard Man, of Queen. Until I hate me. feeling old about stuff like Thank that. Thank you. It's ridiculous. And even back when I was learning what it was, um, 
my mom said the same thing. You make me feel old. Mm-hmm. Because everyone knows who they are. Everyone knows those things. And especially like David Bowie and I mean all of them. All the greats. But they don't know who they are until they come out with a movie. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That I is mean, a shame. I mean I'm just gonna go off on a tangent if we get on that road. I just wanna have I just wanna sprinkle in a little fun with the headphones thing. But um okay, so you you got your cigarette break, you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the tail end of your day. Yes. Can you give me the just Cut boom, boom, boom? What are you What are you getting into? Seven o'clock, not six fifty nine, not seven o one. That door is locked, and that's Monday through Friday, Saturday at six. Six okay. o'clock, not six. I'm gonna do that each time. Um, when that door is locked, we immediately branch off into sections. We all have our designated parts. Mine is because I'm the lead there at the time. I'm counting down money. I am getting paperwork all set up to go to its designated places because not only do we do alterations, we do dry cleaning Mm -hmm. and we're one of 14 stores. All 14 stores have to report back into our corporate nightly. So these things have to be categorized uh, in a specific way every single night. Um, And if it deviates from that, then we get a call the following morning, which I'm not there to answer those questions. It's people that don't know how to close that have to answer them. And at that point, it's just a melting pot of things going wrong. Well, it sounds like you work from open till close. So how many days a week do you do that? Six days a week. (laughs) So, I mean, that would be a Sunday, essentially, if something went wrong and someone called in the morning and you weren't there? I mean, so... Most of the time, I go 10 days without a day off, where I'll go two weeks without a day off. Like, I literally work all day, every day. And that's partly because I'm young and I can do it now, and I'd rather save for the inevitable future. Amen. It's better to make money than to spend money any day of the week. True. Um, But, yeah, I just really love what I do. And when you can get caught up in what you do, it's not about having that freedom to you know have a life or have friends <laughs> my friends are the threads and the seamstresses but that, I mean, that's good though it means you do like what you do though. so you find some joy in just the, I mean, what, what, are you, what are your favorite things to do what are some of your the, just the tasks that make you happy at work at work at work um if you're there practically I love counting their money. That's yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, count money doing anything. Exactly. But that's like the funnest part. I'm guessing really talking to the customers because yet again, I'm a, as much as I hate people, I am a people person. I'm inherently a people person and everyone comes in. Nobody's going to be spending $20 to $100 on something that doesn't matter. Yeah. So talking to these people and hearing their stories are just magical. It really is like people have lost hundreds of pounds and they're it's their 50th birthday and they want to look fantastic for all their family members to show off or i have this little kid that's going to his first bar mitzvah and he has to have a suit and he doesn't know what to do so his mom brings him in who's the last person you want to go to the tailor shop with and of course nothing fits and he just looks like his dad in a suit Uh but you're trying to polish that turd into like the fanciest (laughs) piece of shit so it's it's really just being with the customers that I enjoy the most, and yet again, my coworkers. I, I'm blessed to have a great group of women, even though they bother me and they get so catty, and I try to just address everything head on. They would rather talk shit about somebody behind their back because it's easier. You don't make waves. But still, I do love my job. I do love what I do, and it just comes easy. 
I like that. I like that there's a good crew to work with. I always said that that's one of the, the greatest things, no matter what you do, is having a good group of people to work with. And what I hadn't thought about at all is that just basically any of these garments having its own little story or its own little narrative. Right. Like, I only come in to get pants hats, so I really don't have a but story. But pants matter. These, they do matter. I do love my pants. Exactly. I like my pants to fit, so it, it, it's it's nice. But, I mean, like, losing a ton of weight or, yeah, like, your, your first... You know. Or vice versa, somebody got dumped and they gained a shit ton of weight and then they have to be in somebody else's marriage or wedding and they don't want to because yeah. they're hurt. So then you have to make miracles happen for them to feel good in their clothes. True. I mean, I do feel I have a superhero complex there. But it doesn't matter if it's a pair of jeans that mean everything fit you like a glove, they're just too long. Or if, yet again, it's a dress that you have to wear for an event and you have two days to get it done yeah literally happened to me today and i wanted to choke the bitch out <laughs> it's like you couldn't give me like a sprinkle of more time something more than 24 hours so something like i need this done in two days mm-hmm. go go that's it she just came yeah. in and was just like I, I need it done yeah and then she was like i don't care what the price point is i need to look amazing in this yet again that was a story in, a, in its own right because this was her best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. She wasn't invited to be in the wedding. She was going to attend. Uh-huh. And then they have all these mutual friends together, and one of which was her ex. Uh-huh. So she wanted to look dropped and gorgeous in this dress. And of course, she's, she was gigantic. She was some Amazonian woman. And she got a dress that was actually petite, which never happens that way. Yeah. So her stuffing herself into that dress did her no justice. But, we but you have to turn. deal with that. Yeah, that's that's on you now. Money is no option. Absolutely. $162.58 later, I was smiling. Hey. She was smiling. So. Well, everyone's happy. Exactly. With some of that pressure. That being said, um, do you have any like general pet peeves about the job? Like very specific things? People's that really... feet. People's feet? People's feet. Mm-hmm. People's feet. And then um, there's a lot of, well, think of it like this. And a lot of people don't think of it like this. When you go to get your hair cut, that's your hair. Yeah. And you have a specific idea, but you saw some celebrity have that hairstyle. Well, when it gets on you, you hate it. You're like, why doesn't it look the same? Yeah. Well, that's because it was their face and not yours. Exactly. Well, people bring in clothes all the time, and they want it to look like Jessica Alba. They want to look like Kylie Jenner, mm-hmm. but they look more like Reba McIntyre or uh, Rosie O'Donnell. That's never going to happen. It's not going to be that way. But how do I tell them to their face, I'm sorry, your your expectations are unrealistic. Yeah. Um, so that's another one is uh, realistic expectations and how to tread that customer service line very delicately. Another one is when I tell somebody to stand a specific way because posture matters. Yes. It's understated. You can't force someone to stand with perfect posture or else it's going to be wrong. Yeah. But you have to have them act natural, which is unnatural when somebody's kneeling at your feet. So it's just kind of guiding and directing them into the perfect position so that everything's going to turn out Just to try to get somewhere normal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Middle of the road. Sweet spot. Exactly. And that's always a nightmare because people want to do the complete opposite and they stand really rigid or they slump down to watch what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking downwards, your pants are going to be two inches too long. Uh Uh-huh. So, yes. Posture matters, kids. Posture matters. Okay. That's the that's the big pet peeve we're taking away with? With no. posture? Come on. No. I know there's something no, else floating around here. I can of, see it in your eyes there's something there's else going on. There's a lot of good things. Just um, spill. Go, go nuts with it. Anal retentive people. 
don't realize that perfection is impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So we have a redo system, which nine times out of ten we're perfectly fine with doing, but people want it down to a sixteenth of an inch, and they want it to be uh, perfect. Well, then I get to ask the awkward questions like, um, well, okay, let's start with the less awkward questions. So uh, we have to make sure everything fits and feels fine, that they have all their garments. So like, if it's a sports jacket, they have to have a button-down shirt. They have to have their belt on. All of these things take up that negative space. Yeah. It's going to readjust on them. Yeah, that makes sense. If they're going to be snooty and persnickety, I'm going to be snooty and persnickety. But at least I have the explanation. Exactly. So that we're not spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to fix their mistake. Well, one fun fact is, let's, okay, for female clients, things like undergarments matter. Because it holds differently, it lifts, it tucks in. Mm -hmm. So I get to ask the very comfortable question of, are you going to be wearing a bra or no bra? Um, Are you going to be wearing something padded or not padded? Is this a tight-fitting bra that actually holds you in, or is it what you sleep in? Um, And then with uh, gentlemen folk, I get to ask very uncomfortable questions like, do you tuck to the left or the right? Because those things matter. Um, So persnickety people is what I hate the most because it's very common. Because if you're spending already $125 for a pair of pants, and then you have to spend another $20 to get it to fit, Oh yeah, you should be persnickety. Yeah. But if you get to be persnickety, I get to be persnickety. Yeah, it's a two-way street. Yes. You, you gotta keep everything on the level. Yes, but they don't see that. As they see it, they're the ones spending the money. And mm-hmm. we're the industry that's taking their money. And obviously, we are trying to rob them blind. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I think about when I think of a tailor. Mm-hmm. He's just taking my money. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, I, the customers can get a bit much. I imagine there's a fair bit of that. Thank you for being one of our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think that I'm relatively easy. Actually, you've never had an issue, except I wish you had one jacket. You had a Levi Strauss jacket. Oh, that was a nightmare. That's just me being an idiot. I thought that I could get that to fit in a certain kind of way, and it just would never happen. Yet again, it's all structure, and I know I'm the one that pinned it, and it's been haunting me ever since because mm. I know how to fix it. Oh, you know how to fix I it? I think I know how to fix it. Oh, I've, I've given up. It's a lost cause. <laughs> I still have it. I just, I haven't more. Bring it. it on in. I'll get it fixed up. All right, we'll see what we can do with that. Okay. But, um, specific customers, like, I, again, I'm, I'm just lying on this pet peeve thing because I just, I've, I've been in there so many times where there's so many people I just want to punch. And I imagine since you're there all the time, there's got to be just like, you're like, this is a standard customer. It's all the time. It's not a big deal, but it's just like, for real though? Uh, right, calm your ass down. Yeah. I feel like we have like three distinct groups of customers. We okay. have those that are very laid back, very easygoing. They just want their stuff done. They'll be happy with whatever it is. They yeah. come in, I know them by first and last name. I literally see them for all of two seconds and that's what I get. That's all it is. Then we have the customers that like to linger, that want to get to know us and mm-hmm. it's just an interchange and I will call them my friends. I mean, they're very sweet and then we have those that unfortunately I have to know everything about because they want everything and they're not happy until they reach perfection it's that tier of people that feel like they just know everything Mm -hmm. that I just want to just snack their face I just can't do it (laughs) and there's quite a few of them 
quite a few of them, and all of them, surprisingly enough, are very affluent. Oh, I imagine, yeah. If you if you have the money and the time, you're going to be more particular than, to a fault. Exactly. I mean, rich people don't get rich by spending their own money. Yeah. And they're going to keep on coming in and get things fixed and fixed and fixed and fixed until they feel like they got their monetary amount out of it. Well, lo and behold, jokes on them. Nine times out of ten, I don't do it anyways. I'll do quick changes. Like, I've stretched and steamed pants to make them longer. Uh, I've just folded them and creased them and handed them back. I mean... Whatever you gotta do. It's better than buying them a new pair of pants, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yet again, it all just depends on the person. And we have a pretty big clientele, basically, because of where we are located. It's easily accessible to most boroughs. So... In kind of a hub there. Exactly. And we're the first urban location, or at least that's what our... Headcorp says. <laughs> oh, you guys are at the Urban Store. Yes, this mm. is where they're testing the waters, and it's like we're a stone's throw away from the richest, most affluent neighborhood mm-hmm. in the city of Pittsburgh. So, whatever, however whatever. they want to call it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. again. just to wrap this part of it up, mm-hmm. do you have any um, any good stories? Any little things that come to mind that you just like to add in? When you say good stories. I mean anything. I anything. mean something that makes you feel good, some something that was just outrageous, something oh, that just man. will stick in your brain for the rest of your life. I do have a few of them. Just toss, um, toss whatever you got out there. Where's What's the good standard one? Well, I had a customer mm-hmm. who essentially she came in and she wanted her leggings hemmed. And, uh, it's a thing you could do? No. Okay, no. I was going to say. That doesn't seem okay. logical. Um, so we tell her, ma'am, I'm sorry, we can't. We don't have the machinery for that. It's it's kind of one of those things that you can just zhuzh it up on your leg and you'll be fine. And she takes a deep breath and she's like, fine. And she goes to go grab her purse. And while she does that, she splits the pants. Mm. And she has no backup pair of pants with her. She has not a look of clothing on underneath it. <laughs> it is just leggings. And it's like, why would you bring that in? Why wouldn't you have a backup pair of pants if you wanted us to hem them? We, so when she came ex- in with nothing. She nothing. was like, these things I'm wearing, can you handle this? Exactly, which we actually have a sign in our fitting rooms. We, we have to adhere to health codes mm-hmm. for a tailor shop. It, it, that kind of draws people back. They're like, why do you have to follow health codes? It's because of allergens. It's because of any kind of DNA that could possibly come around. You. you just kind of want to safeguard yourself from getting any transmitted anythings. Yeah. Um, so we always tell people at the front desk, it has to be clean before we can work on it. And then that means it's a two day turnaround, but somehow she squeaked through the cracks and (laughs) pun intended, Mm -hmm. um, and I got to see her crack. And so (laughs) in the end, we ended up giving her after a year, we'll donate clothes that's left behind that we can't get in touch with the owner to come pick it up. We gave her an old coat and uh, said, at least you can cover yourself up with it. That's something. She went on her way. Next day, she brought the coat back in. I thought for sure she would have taken the coat. Very nice of her. I mean, it was a very nice coat. I would have kept it if I were her and never (laughs) shown my face in that store again. But Yeah, pretty embarrassing. But yeah, pretty bold to come back and be like, hey, remember my ass, everybody? Here's the (laughs) coat back. Sorry. Another good one. Another good one is is, um, we had a bodybuilder. Um, definite, definite juice head. Um, come in and he wanted his speedos downsized. 
Okay. But at when he when you come into the store, we initially ask like, what can we do for you today? Do you have alterations? Do you have dry cleaning? Do you have to pick something up? He said, I have alterations. We asked if he needed to try it on or if it's something he already knew that he wanted to have done. He said, I need to try it on. So we didn't exactly know what we were getting ourselves into until we got back there. Well, of course, yours truly was the one that opened up the door and mm -hmm. saw this obvious juice head standing on one of our pedestals in the tiniest little, just speedo. Oh, God, the image is just rained in. Um, but I, I just turned beet red. I'm like, excuse me. I slammed the door shut. And at that moment, I realized that he wanted me to work on his underwear because I was still lost and confused. Oh, you just thought he wasn't ready. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. And then later I knocked on the door. He's like, oh, somebody's already waiting on me. I'm like, oh, okay. Open oh, okay. it up. He's still there standing on the pedestal, still in his speedos. Turn around, slam the door. And so I then bring everyone with me into the fitting room because I want to have somebody see it. Somebody else witnessed this and like, I'm not going and say this man is standing in his underwear on the pedestal. And he's like, no, I need this to come in tighter for one of my uh, tournaments or competitions or some shit. And I'm like, sir, we can't do that. Like, you need to seek a lingerie special. I don't even know. You need to go to church. You need something. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, one of my seamstresses that came in with us said that she would do it. Now, she's notoriously known in the store for being one of the biggest pervs, and she'll take just about anything for the, the best-looking guy. So she did it with a smile. Yeah, fair enough. Be happy in your work. Oh, God, you got to find pleasure somehow. Um, <laughs> it's odd how often, as yet again, a tailor shop, we get weird things coming in. So a lot of this season, spooky season, mm -hmm. we have a lot of dog costumes, okay. a lot of dog costumes that are like meant to be for larger dogs that need to go on a smaller oh, dog. Oh, costumes for dogs. For yeah. some reason, I was just like, a oh. lot of people have costumes they want to dress up like dogs. You know, like, that's a strange. Miniature Snouser <laughs> and a, a, a But okay, so poodle. costumes for dogs. Yes, okay. not dog costumes, I guess. Um, no, that's just me being an idiot. Go that's on. perfectly fine. <laughs> it's going to be the trend of the year. Um, but... It's really hard because I have to tell them we can't do it because of the health code. Oh, yeah. No dogs. No dogs. They hate the dogs. So in the end, because yet again, it's my world and everyone's just living it in it at that shop. I usually take them in, but I have one designated area where we'll alter it because then we're not technically breaking the law because we don't have to wipe down our machines in between. It's a machine that works on it. Mm -hmm. So there's just a mountain of dog costumes there. The designated dog costume area. Yes, yes. <laughs> the unsanctioned dog, dog costume area. I mean, if you're going to break the law, break the law of the dogs. Yeah, do it right. Dogs. Um, other great stories. There's just so many. Yet again, that's the best part I of said, my job. Spill. There's no rules here. Um, we have a lot of crazy customers mm -hmm. that definitely see us more as friends than we see them as friends. I could see and, that. And because we're kind of trapped there, and yet again, because I preach so hard, not only for myself, but for all my girls, that customer service is number one. Um, we have a crazy cat lady who brings us gifts that are cat-themed. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't have a cat, I actually detest cats. I hate cats with every fiber of my being. 
Except for two. There's only two cats I've ever liked. Um, but yet again, she literally comes in once a week, essentially, with, she makes little placemats with cat pictures in it. She does macrame with cats on it. She makes little cat toys. She brings this little can of cat food. Anybody in there have a cat? No. No. Hmm. No. At no point is that helpful, but I can't tell her no. Well, you got to admire that you picked a theme and she just stuck with it for life. Exactly. (laughs) I guess, yet again, to digress and go back to a previous question, another pet peeve is how many creepy old men there are. Because yet again... Well, yeah, I bet there's a fair bit of that. There's a fair bit of that. Um, We are primarily women there mm-hmm. and um the funniest thing is is that our security staff is constantly watching our store like they're sitting in the parking lot watching our store oh, there's people watching like the cameras and stuff yeah okay. yeah um and it's only because everywhere else there's usually a whole bunch of men working there and they just feel like we're more at risk to be robbed yet every other store has been robbed in that plaza but us it Strength. could be because they're watching it could be that nobody wants to. What is there to steal? Yeah, there's like some criminal doing the math about how much like a hem is gonna. Right. Oh, it, I want to steal that. But it, honestly, if people really did their research, we take a lot of designer stuff in. Mm-hmm. So, if anyone really wanted to make out great, I would think we would be the primary location. But no, they'd rather go rob the bike store or the paint shop or. By all means. Sorry, we have Staples. no criminal listeners to this whatsoever, so you're in the clear. Right. Not one bit. Ah, oh, premeditated. But yes, um, our security guard is super creepy. That's where I was going with Oh, that. okay. Um, Even better. Yes, so yet again, when I'm on my cigarette break, I go out back because I don't like being out front. I don't like my customers know that I do that mm-hmm. because people are asthmatic. Or judgy. Or, exactly. Uh, primarily judgy. Uh-huh. Um, and so I go out back and I do that. I spray myself down. I wash my hands. I usually change out my jacket at that point. Hmm. Like I take a severe yeah, length. lots of steps. Exactly. Just to make sure everything's going to be fine. Well, <laughs> every time I go on break, he magically comes out back. Uh-huh. He also, however, brings in all of his um, uniforms to be dry cleaned. Which I don't know why anyone that does security would want their stuff to be dry cleaned. Obviously to impress you. You know, why not? <laughs> Spend your money. Mm-hmm. You know, big spender. Spender. <laughs> $6 a pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the, the grade from that upwards to very old, very creepy men um, that have been in enough to know what uncomfortable alterations we do. Uh-huh. And we have to handle it carefully pun intended Mm -hmm. um because yet again with how everything works we can be held liable to just about anything um because the patriot act you can't really have cameras angled into fitting rooms yeah so anything can happen so it's just you and the customer so who's to say what actually happened in there it's a he said she said kind of scenario well one of the most uncomfortable alterations we do is what is called let out waist and seat it's where we let out the waistband and it has to fade into the seat but to get that measurement you have to measure from button to buttonhole so their pants are unzipped at Uh that point and you're just seeing it all 
mm-hmm. boxers on down, and you're just hoping that they showered. Like, it's just <laughs> uncomfortable. Hoping that they showered. Jesus. You know? Um, but yet again, that is another one of my pet peeves is we have one guy who is just a very creepy individual. Um, and he just, you know, those people that have that smile where it's not really a, a real smile. They're just smiling because they feel like they need to. So oh yeah. If I don't, if I don't have this smile on, I'm going to be extra creep. Even yeah. Like they just kind of tilt their heads and then they get this glint in their eye where it's just all plastic on the inside. Mm-hmm. Well, he has one of those smiles and he only gets that done, but each and every individual pair has to be measured. But only gets that done. In what scenario? Is he just getting new pants and that's the only thing that needs altered? Yes, and he comes in about once a week. Once a week? Once a week. And he brings in three pairs of pants. What? What? That is absurd. That is absolutely and utterly absurd. Who needs that many pairs of pants? Creepy. Creepy. Creepy men. Is it just like picking up pants at the Goodwill? Or is he getting getting fresh pants? we're talking Brooks Brothers. Wow. Okay, so it's like time for my weekly schlep to Brooks Brothers for my three creepy pairs. Yeah, just to go see my girls. Mm. Questionable, questionable. That's so creepy. I wouldn't even think of something like that. That's... I mean, I guess if you have money and you're a creep... Why not? Why not take advantage like that? And there's a lot of that, unfortunately, in this industry. As much as a lot of people want to think that it's all fun, rainbows and everything, for every three customers that I have a decent experience with, there's going to be that one that's going to go in some kind of negative way. That's a high statistic. That's four people right there. And you're going to have an issue with one of them? Yeah. That sucks. Well, I mean... (sighs) Now, again, we're speaking in generalizations here, but, like, how are these types of things handled? You just, like, stead forward and, like, let's handle this? Or it's just like, hey, man, you're a creep. you got to get the fuck out. So we can't actually say that. But I mean, obviously not the way oh, I no, just no, said no. it, but, like, is there a polite way to be like, listen, no. sir, you're very inappropriate. I can't do this for you. Yet again, that's what sucks about this industry is that we're not allowed to make that judgment call. I'm not allowed to look out for my girls and say, hey, you you can't be in here please leave like i've had bigots racists everything come through that door and i have to tell them thank you have a great day we'll see you next time because if i were to ever say get out of my store i'm immediately fired it's no, no, no. I, I mean, I understand that part of it because I've mm-hmm. dealt with jobs where you have to deal with horrible racist people. Right. But I'm talking about mainly like the creepy dudes that are trying to get like Same a little thing. bit. Really? Same thing. It seems like there should be a line somewhere there. Uh, right. Where it's like, a dude, clear... you need to take a shower before you come and do that. Or, dude, you need to... Just not come in. That'd be swell. Yeah, or, or just never show up again would be or real cool. Or please don't treat my girls like that. Or, hey, we that have to too. do your fitting out in the hallway in front of a camera. I'm not allowed to do that. Nobody's All those seem to. very reasonable. None of us are allowed to. Now, I can make um, a report about the incident. And then have that process through corporate. It takes multiple weeks. I've done it once. Um, but in the end, it's a he said, she said, because they can't see into the fitting room. Yeah. I just mean, like, it just feels like there should be a line. Right? Somewhere. A clear, defined line. But all right. I'll, I'll move past it. All right, 2018. Mm, Whatever. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> especially as a, a seamstress, tailor, sewer, fitter, whatever terminology you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up, and I do a little round of fun stuff at the end. You can let's we'll do it. get to that. But um, one, if, do you have any advice for someone who wants to get into this type of field? So, cut up material, 
go to Goodwill, buy things, deconstruct, reconstruct. I mean, you remember the song by Flowbots, Handlebars? Yeah. I could take apart the remote control and I could almost put it back together. Mm -hmm. That is the most important line I could ever tell anyone. If you want to sew, all it takes is sewing. Um, it doesn't come naturally to anyone. It's just a passion and patience. Be mentally prepared to take out the stitches that you just put in. Mm. Be prepared for shit to go wrong. Be prepared for it to be just painstaking. I mean... And you gotta love it, I guess, at that point. Exactly. You just have to love it. It doesn't... It's not the job that you're gonna be making millions of dollars doing. You have to do it because you authentically love it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not gonna make you rich and famous. And in the fluke opportunity, in which case you are a designer at some point, every single designer book out there is 20 plus years of doing the grind. I mean, Alexander McQueen uh, did it. Coco Chanel did it. I mean, it just is time and patience. And if you don't have that time or patience, don't even start. Save yourself. Good advice. Be a chiropractor. <laughs> Very good advice. But uh, just to add to that, just to pepper it in, I know you had the, the Barnes & Noble thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have like just like a go-to like quick book that you'd recommend for someone who wanted to the get started? Alexander McQueen. Alexander McQueen. His uh, biography is fantastic. It's a page-turner. Um, another good book is Textiles and Designs, and I forget the name of the person that wrote it. It's technically a textbook. Okay. Um, but it actually goes through how to find the wharf and the grain and how all that correlates to one another. And Imagine the geometry. textbook has a lot of terminology and stuff that would be very helpful at some point. You know, point. it's just a page turner. <laughs> it, it, you really get drawn in by the character, character analysis and profiles. But yeah, nothing in this is very romantic. It's once you get to the level where you have it all cataloged in your brain um, that you actually can pull that information when necessary and build what you want it's just being a different kind of architect yeah right. so it's all about getting that knowledge and building that knowledge unfortunately that's not unfortunately i feel like if you have a passion for it i mean this is practical knowledge that's really all we're looking for yeah. and if you're into it you're into it i know but <laughs> yeah. i don't wish it on my worst enemy it's a lot <laughs> of grueling work fair enough all right let's get it's just Random questions okay. back and forth. Feel free to skip Let's or whatever. Um, breakfast. What do you do for breakfast? Cigarette. Cigarette. Excellent breakfast. What's the best advice you ever got? Um, shit. Um, if you don't learn the from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Okay. Yeah. So it's an oldie but a goodie. Right. What movie do you think you've seen the most? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. All right. Maybe. What's your biggest fear? Death. Classic. Right. Candy. You could have any candy in the world. What would it be? Oh, fuck. That's not fair. Um, Probably Reese's. Reese's? Yeah. yeah. All right. The big cup. Like, let's not skip. Oh, yeah. The big no, cup. We're going, yeah. 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 Going, go big or go home. Fuck that. Right. <laughs> uh, do you have a childhood hero? My sister. Good answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Any particular reason? I don't usually get that into it. But. Right. Um, well, my sister died when I was a kid. I don't know. If oh, no, that. I did not know Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, when I was 10, she passed away from cancer. Oh, wow. How so old was she? 15. Jesus. Yeah, that's a low blow. That sucks. Um, but, I mean, she honestly was, or it would either be her or my grandpa, who also passed away when I was young. Mm -hmm. um, but at least I had more time with him. Um, 
But yeah, she just tried really hard to do everything that she could, and she wanted to be that person, that symbol of what having cancer at a young age was. Um, so God bless her. She had her problems. She had her issues. One of my favorite stories of her is that she hiccup farted and sneezed at the same time, found out her leg was broken. What? What? How does that happen? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was probably my hero. She just was never scared of anything. So yeah, that's that's what you look for in a hero. It's good. Um, I like to go hard, soft, hard, soft. But that was such a good one. I don't want to go back to this benign question. Let's do it. What kind of soap do you use? That's great. I love Irish <laughs> Spring. I love it. Not the first one to say that. I like, Damn I like it. that. Um, I also use hand soap, uh, just the brand. But there's a really good one. I think it's like Ocean Breeze or some shit. It smells fucking fantastic. Awesome. What um? What's the last pic you took on your phone? You don't have to show me. Just you know, what do you got? Um, I went on a hike with my best friend, mm -hmm. and uh, I was doing like this windmill motion while there was this beautiful backdrop of just amazing forest. Um, there was also one of me doing the Michael Jackson where I'm flipping the jacket behind me. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Keep All it right. slick. All right. Uh, spicy food? No spicy. Absolutely. Spicy. Like uh, on a one to ten, we're going ten. Unless Word. it's Thai. They yeah. kind of fuck with you. <laughs> they will. They will. It's uh, the hardest time you ever laughed. Oh, Again, God. you don't have to think about it too hard. Just what comes um, to mind. Probably there was, there was this one time where I was hanging out with my best friend and my older brother. And uh, we were pretty fucked up. And uh, we're just hanging out, talking, bullshitting, and all of a sudden he breaks the chair. <laughs> he gets up and he's like, "Guys, I gotta go home," and leaves. Doesn't turn around, doesn't do anything. It was great. It's an excellent, excellent. Yep. And then all of us, in the end, ended up breaking a chair on that back deck at some time or another. But it's when one person has left. So he was the first one. He left the group. I was the next one. I left the group. And then my best friend was the last one. And now there's no chairs back there. Excellent. I love it. You'd be um, a tipping custom. A what? Tipping, like um, oh. just thoughts on tipping in general. Right? Um, yes, I always believe it's good because you're putting good karma out there. You're getting it back threefold, especially working at a coffee shop because uh -huh. people just leave you change. Yeah. So I'm thinking if I leave like twenty plus, fifty plus percent, I'm a happy camper. I better get that back in threefold. That would be swell. It's all karma. Um, all right, if um. If I gave your 18-year-old self $1,000, what do you think she'd do with it? Drink it away. Okay, now if I gave you $1,000 right now, what do you think you would do with it? Invest it. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, do you have a favorite vegetable? Yes and no. So I'm I really sorry. love spinach, but I like cooked spinach. I hate raw spinach. Okay, I can see that. Right? They're very different things. Thank you, two different mm -hmm. textures. Yeah. I'm a textural eater. I don't. Yeah, I'm weird with textures thing. too. Thank you. Someone just brought in some of that um that that pokey restaurant. Yes. Yes. I've never been into raw fish, but I tried some fire, and it was amazing. It's literally game But like in my head, I'm still like, stuff with this texture. Like I'm not into this weird, but it tasted so good. Flavor is there. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I can't do. This is the weirdest one that gets people off guard. Is I love oranges. I fuck up oranges. Hate orange juice. I can't do it. I can see that though. It's like milk, it. but it's like citrusy milk. It's gross. I like it, but I can see where that that huge difference is. Right. There's a big difference between eating oranges and drinking oranges. Thank you. Big time. 
Um, let's see here. Cocktail preference. Oh, um, probably a rum and Diet Coke okay. or Jameson Neat. Jameson Neat, yeah. yeah. Classy. Hell yeah. I love some Pinky Jameson. Yeah, uh, Yingling. 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 Yingling too. Not Yingling. quite a cocktail, but you know. No, same difference. Yingling. Yeah. Ultimate drink for the ultimate person. Uh, <laughs> what's the next one? Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Damn. So I can do my five year, my 10 do your, years. Do your five year. Let's just go with five. Uh, in five years, I want to be sewing full time for uh-huh. a company, not doing the schlepping bullshit. I want to sit in the back and I'll have to answer phone calls or any of that. I want to design. Now um, this is working where you are or working up somewhere else? Honestly, I would like to be working for a designing company. So oh, okay. designers usually have a staff of 20 plus people that are just there to work as a group to design. And that's everything from taking the mock-ups to making the like the standardized pattern to then actually cultivating the piece. I mean, there's multiple steps that go into it, but it's all a creative team. That's what I want to do. Um, the problem is, is that I'm a picky son of a bitch and I don't know which design I want to let have my talent yeah yeah because I'm selfish like that so I'm still in the phase where I'm trying to figure out what kind of direction I want to go in um I definitely want to do structured pieces like Alexander McQueen on acid the next <laughs> level shit um but that's where I see myself in five years okay, well, five, five is a good window to like figure that out exactly by then I'll be third Damn, I'll be 32 years old. Uh-huh. Um, at dirty 30s, uh, I think that's perfectly fair to be doing that explorative phase. To of figure my life. it out, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Hopefully in New York City. Possibly. Um, what kind of toothpaste to use? Crest, whitening, mm-hmm. and then I also use Listerine. And I have a weird way of brushing my teeth. Oh, let's have it. Uh, we gotta just lay it out. Lay I it mean, out. so I have to use Listerine, then I floss, then I brush my teeth, then I floss again, and then I use Listerine, and then at the very end, I will rinse it out after five minutes with water. Yeah, it's very particular. Yeah, no, it's oddly specific. And just because it's so specific, what type of Listerine? Um, It doesn't matter. It's oh, see, just, I'm very particular about Listerine. my Listerine. No, no. I got my colors. I got the colors I like. It's <laughs> the it. blue one and nothing else. No. I will do just about any, but it has to be Listerine brand or else yeah, I just I, don't feel I only, I only mess around with that, too. Thank you. Very brand loyal when it comes to that. Uh, any price, take it. It's yours. <laughs> um, what's something you'd wish you'd learned earlier? Uh, that you're, you're anything. not... Uh, you don't get the same out of life that you put into it. And I think that's a cynical, late 20s feeling thing. And I'll grow out of that. Um, but I'm definitely a hard worker. And I put a lot into everything that I do. And I just feel like in every job I had, that was my greatest strength and my even bigger weakness. is Because there was a lot of people that benefited more by just sitting back and letting me clean up the wake. So that's definitely the the twenty cynical side of me, and I cannot wait to get out of that phase. That would be swell. Yeah. All right. Um, you have like a sleep routine or anything unique? I yes, of course I do. I cannot sleep in silence. I hate it. It just makes me anxious. So I always go to YouTube and I either put on a meditation background or a book on tape 
or Shane Dawson because he's Shane my Dawson. big thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, but there has to be something playing in the background or else no dice. But at the same time, I don't like light. So it has to also be upside down and in, like, stuck in yeah. two clothes or something. So I can't see the light. Totally relate to that. I you get know? it. All right. Now, we kind of covered this, but it is kind of the last question. If you could do anything in the world, and I mean anything, not just something realistic, anything, what would you want to do? Magician. Magician. I want to be a magician. I want to be Harry fucking Houdini. I want to do that. <laughs> but I was never good at doing magic tricks because I would always fuck it up or tell somebody how it was done. Um, so yeah, I would want to be a magician. I want to be David Blaine. I want to be that. I want to levitate and make people think that they're seeing what cannot possibly be true. I love that answer. Right? It's a great answer. Who wouldn't want to be Harry Houdini? Exactly. So it's, it's nothing you really pursued. You were just like, oh, I'm not good at this. Moving on. I tried. I mean, that's the worst part of me is, is that I try to do a little bit of everything. I tried learning how to play guitar, harmonica, recorder. Mm-hmm. Everyone did the recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried learning Russian, Spanish, um, Gaelic. I've tried learning how to code. I tried literally almost everything once because I want to know what it's like. Yeah. But when I don't succeed at it, I'm like, fuck it. I'm moving (laughs) on. And I give it like a solid month window because I read in How to Build a Habit. If you can do it for a month and you can get into the rhythm of doing it, you have that habit for a life. Yeah. So I'll do anything for a month, but it, after that month, if it doesn't come easier to me, done. Chuck it in the bucket, bucket. Mm-hmm. Over. All right, it's a great place to go out on. You want to add anything? I mean, we don't did. We did. A, we did a lot of time here. So don't don't do drugs. Don't do don't drugs, know. folks. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Hopefully there wasn't too many ums and ahs and e's and o's. No, no, no. You were great. <laughs>